0: what we is- My teammate Jeff Brand, who's a brown belt over at Kohaldo Brazil Jiu Jitsu, he's also the co-owner of that business. Ooh. He went on vacation last this past week in Hawaii and he went and got himself engaged to his what? his girl Leah. So congratulations to Jeff and Leah. Hey. And we're very happy for you. Congrats, and of course, brother. you know, I, I don't find this out like by direct message. I find out through an Instagram story, which is how we all found out. Uh it was so funny today in like Muay Thai class and in Jiu Jitsu class. Like the first thing we all say to each other when we see each other, hey, you know, Jeff got engaged. <laughs> <laughs> so, congratulations, Jeff. Dude, congrats. That's a big deal. It's a big step. It's like growing up, right? Yeah. Is that how it goes? Is that, is that what grown-ups are supposed to do? Supposed get to do engaged? Like yeah. Get sure. engaged. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's overrated, but just get
1: married. <laughs> Fuck this engaged. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just, just get right into yeah. the party part. Get That's right what to they the do party. in the Philippines, right man. <laughs>
0: Oh, is, that, is, <laughs> no, is, is no, that? No, no, no! Just what kidding. What, oh, you don't know? I'm just okay. kidding. I have <laughs> no just fucking shit. clue. <laughs> um, and also a big shout out to um, something that I talked about in the past weeks, where uh, our, our fighter for Mega Martial Arts, uh, Raymond Valletti, hey. Ray Ray on Instagram, uh, fought last week at the WBC Amazing Muay Thai Festival and Tournament over in Venice, Italy. Oh, yeah at this venue called Arsenal, just like a sporting venue. I think they do like basketball and indoor soccer in this same gym. Wow. Uh, 40 different countries, I think 400 uh, athletes all participated in this giant Muay Thai tournament nice. out in Venice. Uh, uh, Ray did good for himself for his first international tournament. He won his first fight by a stoppage in the second round and he lost to in the quarterfinals via this uh, decision against uh, someone who's actually a pro. Oh. and when we sent Ray out there, this is what we wanted. We wanted him to face all sorts of competition yeah. from the other side of the world with with a deep uh, experience so that he could see where he stands. we could see where he stands and we can make a plan for moving forward and elevating his game and he's pumped. he's pumped to see what's next. we're pumped for him and so and congratulations to the entire. Uh, United States team that went out there represented, I'm, I hope I don't get this count wrong, but I believe it went something like 13 gold medals, 10 wow. silver medals, 4 bronze and uh, congratulations to WBC USA uh, headed by Crew Pat over at Valor Training Center in Uh and to the head coach Rich who uh, I think he's from Mango Muay Thai out in Hawaii and to all the other coaches out there that help organize everything that help make sure that the fighters out there had a great experience. Congratulations to the US team. And thank you very much for that experience. We look forward to doing it again. Looking forward to it again. Funny story. I actually thought, remember I texted you. I was like, Hey man,
1: I just saw, I just saw Ray fight, but he didn't even fight. Like, during that time it just looked like
0: another guy just looked like a guy (laughs) it was it was hard because the the stream that wbc had didn't have the name of the fighters that were uh on that ring so they're not there yet in terms of their infrastructure in terms of show uh publicizing the fights and making it super accessible but it's building it's building Yeah, wbc all over all over the world for muay thai uh slowly building up that infrastructure to make it more accessible to all of us. So, congratulations again to everybody that worked that tournament. I can't imagine the the type of time and effort it takes to run something like that. No man. And and afterwards, hey man, the fight team got to enjoy Venice. I know uh, Ray and Coach Armando, mm-hmm. and also shout out to Gabe David, a fighter out of Combat Fitness, and yeah. also trains over at Pacific Ring Sports. Um, uh, he he fought as well. Um, they all end up hanging out they went to milan afterward the event they actually went to the petrosian yamamoto gym you know uh, Giorgio petrosian an all-time great uh muay thai fighter and kickboxer as well that we're all fans of so they got to visit his gym take pictures with all his title belts on the wall there they, they were totally geeking out so I um, so uh, i'm a little bit jealous i'm a little jealous <laughs> i kind of want to go but that's how it goes someone has to some man the ship i guess <laughs> nice. but i can't wait to get back We plan plan out the rest of the year and get some some action going so hopefully guys on this podcast i'll have more fights for our omega martial arts fight team to announce pretty soon to you guys how are things going with you and your jiu-jitsu team bro good man uh everyone's getting uh there's two people that are going to be competing at the
1: jiu-jitsu world league worlds i guess that's like a Mm-hmm. Uh, their version of kind of like the, I don't know, the world's, I guess, for mm-hmm. Jiu-Jitsu World League. But um, we got two guys that are going to be competing out there down south in the uh, Southern California tournament. And uh, there's going to be another Jiu-Jitsu World League in August. So hopefully, again, I, I've been saying this in the past episode. I'm hoping to get on that. Uh, my friend uh, friend and training partner uh, and owner of Perry Athletics. It's kind of like a MMA Jiu Jitsu brand uh he ended up competing on the fight to win uh over the weekend over there at the craneway in richmond california ended up getting knee barred but i mean that's you know a valuable lesson uh, especially when you're still a blue belt and whatnot but Mm -hmm. the great thing about that was his son also competed on the event and you know fight to win is uh doing great things putting these kids on uh in front of the big stage so You know, that's a dream of mine to compete on the same anything, same tournament, same whatever as my child. And uh, he was able to do that. And uh, they both, you know, put on some good shows, even though he got knee barred, but went up. you know, congratulations to uh, everyone that everyone and anyone. Because there was a big representation of like 10th Planet NorCal uh, at that tournament or not tournament, but that at that event as well. But uh, great stuff, great stuff in uh, local jujitsu. Uh, But other than that, uh, Jiu Jitsu is doing good. I'm just helping the guys get ready for that upcoming tournament. And, uh, you know, good luck, man. Yeah. And fuck, man, yesterday I was, uh, helping my guy. That's my, my guy, uh, Evan Bishop, that's going to be competing down South. And man, I think I let him kind of, uh, he was in on an arm bar on me and I kind of went a little too far and man. I think my elbow's a little bit tweaked, oh, really? but you know that feeling, oh, right? Man. <laughs> so had that yesterday, but, uh, I, I actually only got to train once this week. Uh, just a heads up. I had to put my dog down on, uh, Tuesday. Oh man. I'm sorry to hear that. I know. And, and you know, like how old was your dog? Uh, my dog was actually 16. She's uh she was a puggle. She's, she's a pug and a beagle mix. And what know, was like, her name? Her name what is her Jubilee, name? like the X-Men. Ah, Jubilee. Yeah, we had to put her down. Uh, she was just super old, and uh, we just didn't want her to suffer anymore. So, shout out to Jubilee and Hey, uh, Jubilee.
0: Yeah, go chase all the cars you want. Oh, oh heaven, yeah, baby. <laughs> how about you? Ju- how about a pee P- on every pee P- on, on every tree, <laughs> a hump every leg. Do it.
1: <laughs> How's Sorry. training for you, my man.
0: I, I, again, I'm just laying low this week. I've been like dealing with some injuries um got a, a little bit of a cold so i just don't want to like yeah. uh, like mess around with people's health like that so but it's been laying low and actually using the time just to kind of recharge the physical batteries uh and hopefully end of this week and starting next week even though it's like the, the middle of a long weekend i could hit the ground running and and feel good going back into training uh full throttle Nice man um I want to, one other thing I wanted to point out, uh, another friend of ours, uh, uh, Southpaw Cap, Andrew Kapuro, who's hey. living the life out there in Thailand, uh, uh, training over at uh, Phuket Singha. He's uh, fighting actually tomorrow for uh, the Fairtex fight promotion nice. uh, at Lupini, uh tomorrow. So con- uh, congratulations and good luck, Andrew, we're cheering for you. nice. So let's go a little bit into some news here. Uh, yeah. The number one news item I wanted to cover, I just want no, to get your uh, thoughts on this, is that the PFL oh. gone through another little, well, not little, kind of a big controversy. I I didn't get to actually see the fight just wasn't because uh, it wasn't. It was kind of down on the card. It wasn't that great, yeah. but it was twenty twenty one PFL uh, lightweight champ Raush Manfio. Uh, ended up facing his friend Nathan Schult, uh, Schult, excuse me, Nathan Schult, and Nathan Schult got a a decision. And it was a very boring fight from those who did watch it. Yes. It's uneventful. Uh, and then because it turns out these two are really close friends, yeah. like really, really close friends, and because the fight ended up being kind of boring, PFL. Uh, suspended both of these fighters and they gave Schultz's spot in the playoffs to Jane uh, Burgos. Yeah. Now, my point when I first heard about this was that what the hell was PFL thinking oh, putting yeah. these two close friends on the same side of the tournament bracket where they were going to mm-hmm. face each other early on? Mm-hmm. Like, Isn't this more of the promotion's fault? I have seen other comments that said hey you know these two are pros they should have went out there and went at it so yeah of course they deserve to be suspended good good on the pfl what are your thoughts on that sean and i i definitely have my thoughts on it yeah. what was your initial reaction when you heard this you know when i heard about this it was weird because
1: apparently they're like godfathers to each other's children
0: which is yeah kind of weird. it's like they're, they're not like like oh just gym bros yeah. these guys are like their family
1: essentially. Yeah. And the weird thing also is that wasn't there someone in maybe the PR team of PFL or um, someone like on the higher ups that was like, Hey, maybe this might not be a good idea because yeah. if shit hits the fan, what's going to happen after this? I mean, if you think about it, they are friends, they are training partners. Why aren't, why are they, why are they in the same bracket? Like you said, and what, type of result were they, were they expecting of course they did uh, fulfill their contractual obligations where they, they did fight they did uh, throw punches not many they did grapple
0: yeah um, and Manfield wanted to point out that there's no they didn't agree to fix the fight or have yeah. a certain kind of fight or to control themselves it's just they both got in there intending to win and then their emotions got the better of them and the fight ended up looking like that If you're the matchmakers at PFL, don't you look at this and think to yourself, "Oh, of course, this is most likely about to happen. So let's put these guys on opposite ends of the brackets where one of them, the odds are one of them is going to lose. So then we don't risk having two of these guys fight each other. I just think it made the PFL look really bad. Oh, yeah. And with their move to suspend both of them, it just makes them look a little bit, yeah, worse and kind of petty and just kind of like trying to put it on them. And it just, it was a completely foreseeable circumstance. And now they got it and the PFL has got to eat it. And its I I just feel really bad for these two because I don't think it should have even gotten this far. You know, what's funny is the PFL. You know
1: marketed themselves as the smart cage and you know we're all about the fighters and we're all about you know this or that but in reality with with them doing this type of thing it goes totally against what they what their beliefs were in the beginning
0: it, it shows that there's still major subjectivity involved in terms of their decisions of how to treat fighters correct yeah I agree. Because the whole a, dr, appeal, and this is the one, the thing that you put me onto, Sean, with the PFL is with the scoring system, mm-hmm. then it's an objective way to rank the fighters and the quality of their wins. Yeah. So it's supposed to take kind of subjective rankings out of the equation. Yeah, yeah. Well, here, because you just didn't like the product you saw in the cage, you Basically decided to step in there and go, you know what, I'm just going to change the result here and give that spot to somebody else. It's just It just has a really gross feeling to me just looking at that. It's like a big step backwards for PFL. They've been having a terrible month. Yeah. I mean, first, all the suspensions for drug use oh, yeah. and now this shit. I mean, PFL is rough. And I'll just I'll say this right now. You know, Francis and Gano better fucking do something soon to get, like <laughs> save their life. Mean, Francis Gedberg, go there and like fucking fight a, a grizzly bear or something and just, just distract the crowd or something because the like, PFL is fucking up. They're well, just fucking up right well, now. I well, want them to succeed too. Yeah.
1: Well, how about this? Would it be better if, you know, how Francis was all about being, you know, a fighter's fighter and, you know, making all these huge demands about being part of like this? whole big picture for all the fighters to make money and whatnot shouldn't he come out and say like
0: you know oh that wasn't right or should well, he- I, I don't think that's his space okay because that's not what he negotiated for in the first place to True. be able to have that kind of clout I mean I'm sure he could have his kind of his opinion but once he's already signed the contract that he did uh, you know what the PFL is owed to him is already outlined it's separate from what is happening with these two fighters so I don't think he has a ton of sway I mean you you could probably say something Mm -hmm. behind the scenes maybe it'll do something but right now the hammer's already been dropped and I think the damage has been done to not just the PFL but to both of these fighters in their careers I mean they're suspended so okay so now for a certain amount of time now they can't earn they can't earn they gotta wait till PFL feels like the dust has settled until that they don't look like idiots to let them go back to fighting. Yeah. You know, so just a completely completely fucked situation. So, that's unfortunate. Yeah, do better PFL. Yeah. Do better. Um, let me ask you uh this, this is recent news. Uh, Henry Cejudo was supposed to fight uh, Marlon oh. Chitovera, but now he has to pull out he has a tear in his shoulder um unfortunately, so Soudo no longer in the main event for UFC 292 with uh, Marlon Chito Vera <sighs> or I'm uh, not main event. Um, was it a main event? I forget. Sorry. I mean, UFC um, 292. I think that, no, that couldn't be. No, that was, but I mean, it was a, a big card, but, uh, yeah, not, not card. the main event. Sorry. I misspoke everybody, but oh. still, um, big loss for, and you know, too bad for Cejudo. Hopefully he heals up big loss or Chito Vera, because that's a big name that he could have, uh, put on his resume, uh, What do you think they put in place for Cheeto Vera? Or do you just drop Cheeto Vera from the card and wait for another, another uh, time, another place?
1: You know, I say they keep Cheeto on and they give him probably someone that's less ranked. I mean, what if they gave him say like Rob Font or say like Song Yadong, or, Mm. you know, like somebody, or what about Peter Yan? I don't know if those Mm. guys are ready, but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would want, I, me personally, I would probably want to keep Marlon Vera on, the card only because he is a you know he's he's a draw
0: like he he has that Ecuadorian power so he probably wants to earn you know again these fighters if they don't fight they're not earning yeah so So, okay that's one thing i'm gonna go with that all right what do you think about uh, and, and so like again heal up to henry cejudo okay and then next in news and this is shout out to uh my teammate arthur lee who, who says we need to talk shout about more Art. bjj on this thing i said it's an mma podcast but anyway but this is our this is my bjj news item uh your favorite grappler of all time sean uh gordon ryan okay as you know, he has a number of ex-teammates that form their own team. Well, he's offered uh, $500 bounties uh, on against his former teammates. He Giving, uh, he's going to invest uh, $500 bucks to anybody who can defeat any of his former teammates. <laughs> what do you think of that, Sean? What do you think of that kind of practice? Is this is this Gordon Ryan like doing his typical trolling the grappling community thing, or what, what's what's really the value in doing this? You know.
1: Gordon Ryan's made his name kind of on trolling, you know, kind of trolling people and whatnot, but you know, he seems to back it up most of the time. And, you know, he did have that health scare within the past month and you could see how skinny he got. And then now he's yeah, back up. He's and, still dealing with it. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, a lot of people don't realize that when people go through these health scares, like they, they don't realize what the person's actually going through and people just shitting on them and, you know, all these keyboard warriors and they talk so much shit about him. But I mean, to have a bounty on him, he's got to be, I mean, to have a bounty on each one of his old teammates, I mean, that's got to be pretty, you know, you got to have a lot of confidence, but you're talking about Craig Jones. You're talking about his little brother. um, Yeah. You're talking about Nikki Rod. Rod, You're talking about Nikki Ryan. You're talking about, I mean, those guys are fucking good, man. Yeah.
0: So it's weird weird how it gets into that, (laughs) that little like thing. I don't, I don't know if I've really heard of that in, uh, in jujitsu and professional grappling before. Uh, what if they're all in <laughs> cahoots, man? What if they're just like playing us? I mean, that's down. another possible, you know, honestly, Sean, that might be, that's another possibility. I don't think they're in cahoots, but 20 years from now, if something similar happens with some different teams, I would, I would say that's <laughs> a little bit more more uh, conceivable, okay. seeing as how everything's going towards entertainment these days if you if you know what i'm saying um so so we'll see how about we'll gordon see. ryan sporting the fucking the grays
1: though dude do you think he just dyed his shit gray like everything uh
0: because he looks like gandalf maybe dude. his maybe or maybe his health condition maybe maybe made his hair gray i don't maybe. know i i you know i don't know i i don't i don't know dude i don't know so it's it's, it's kind of interesting i just thought point that little thing out there and also in in BJJ news um I'm not like usually a big like fan or not not, let me reword this I usually leave it alone when some celebrity or famous person picks up a martial art because it's just like okay of course they should like let's stop like giving them so much props for doing something that millions of people all over the world do every day but i do want to shout out recently that uh san francisco san francisco giants great barry bonds the all-time home run hitter in major league baseball recently got promoted to blue belt in jiu-jitsu by professor jay gennaro down over at evolve training center Mm -hmm. so uh congratulations to barry bonds um I I'm, I'm a big Barry Bonds fan uh, so that I just had to point that out. So that's my one little uh, geek out moment, Sean. Let me Sorry. let
1: me ask you something about that though. Mm. So I noticed that uh Barry Bonds was training at Evolve a little bit uh just recently too. Mm-hmm. So how legitimate do you think this blue belt is? Uh
0: well, you, okay, you know, in one side of it, you don't know like how many times a day or True. how many that's times a week he's been wife. training. Yeah, you know, I mean, he may be doing private lessons as well. He might be doing private lessons in his garage. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I'm not of the the type that would question anybody's belt. If it was given to you by somebody that's a legit black belt, they're a legit, legit jujitsu practitioner. And I know um, Jay Gennaro is. You know, I respect it. I absolutely respect it. So I'm not doubting it at all. As far as I'm concerned, he's a blue belt, and by the way, former professional athlete. Yeah, like those guys up. don't lose their coordination. I mean, yeah. maybe they're slower, maybe their stamina's the same, but their hand-eye coordination, their ability to learn physical things and apply it—they uh, don't lose that. These professional athletes. So it, I, I can't imagine. Like being like having Barry Bonds, like fucking that guy's fucking like, huge, rear naked choking you. <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm talking about? <laughs> that guy's fucking arms are like fucking bats, dude. Like, crazy. yeah, yeah. So, but so again, you know, hey, congratulations to Barry Bonds, blue ball. Con- first, first step.
1: Yeah, congrats to him and congrats to Evolve Training Center for showing up
0: on ESPN MMA's uh, feed. That's pretty big, dude. That's a big deal, right? Yeah. Hey, do you want to recap the fights last week? Yeah, dude. There's, I mean, I'm sure we have lots to talk about uh, yeah, yeah. as far as the so fights. Let's, yeah, so let's start with UFC Fight Night uh, last Saturday. Tech place in uh, Jacksonville. Uh, headline, featherweight bout, Josh Emmett versus Ilya Tapuria. It was awarded fight of the night. Uh, Ilya Tapuria gets a unanimous decision against uh Josh Emmett over 5 rounds. Uh Ilya Tapura really showing his confidence in his punch combinations, his counter punching ability in an MMA context. He was able to eat some of Josh Emmett's power shots and not be the worse for wear afterwards. But what did you also like this What did you also What did you also like from this fight, sean That you, you saw? Know.
1: I I like that Ilya Toporia kind of took on the role of, you know, being kind of like the star. Like if you notice, like he was with uh, Sergio Ramos, who's a very well-known soccer player, which is huge in Spain. I mean, he's like Manny Pacquiao in Spain, pretty much. Mm. Uh, Ilya Toporia kind of takes the, you know, like he's, he takes the role of kind of like the next big thing coming out of Spain, even though he's like a, a Georgian by, you know. By birth. Uh, The one thing I noticed about Josh Emmett was that, um, you know, you can talk about how durable and how tough he is, but if that's the first thing that the commentators and everyone is saying, like, oh, he's so tough, he's so tough, you know, he wasn't doing enough to do anything. There was a round where I think one of the judges, Chris Lee, gave a 10 7 which is kind of unheard of. I
0: think that's ridiculous.
1: That is a little ridiculous. I mean, ten eight, Yes. But, and I think ten seven kind of warrants like a stoppage, but um, you know, Josh Emmett was tough. Like during that fourth and fifth round, he was, you know, kind of making, he was kind of coming back, but I think that's just Ilya Toporia kind of uh, letting it all hang out and kind of, you know, emptying his gas tank. But uh, Ilya Torporio looked amazing. Like he, he, he probably should deserve like a big fight that's coming up. And, um, my question to you is what happens to Ilya Topori with this crazy, uh, featherweight division?
0: Yeah. I mean, there are talks of Ilya Topori perhaps being like maybe only one fight away from being considered for a title shot Mm -hmm. at featherweight. Uh, I know Volkanovsky had to have been watching, uh, I just think maybe you're right in the sense that maybe another name that's also ranked or seen as a perpetual contender needs to go out there because there are certain things I want Ilya to be tested on. You know, I did mention earlier that he did show some great counter punching, but he did get caught a couple of times by Josh Emmett. And the only thing with Josh Emmett is that because he throws with so much power, once he... Throws a shot, or once he misses, it takes him a long time to reload and reset. And then Ilya is able to mount offense during that time when Josh is recovering. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of wondering what how, what Ilya Teporia would look like against somebody who's who had that kind of power, but was maybe a little bit more patient, a little less wild. That stood a little bit uh, taller and didn't sink mm-hmm. so low. Again, and, you know Josh El- Emmett kind of was just striding with a long stance, so he was very susceptible to low kicks from Ilya. Yeah. And also Ilya Tupura, whenever he missed his left hook, he looked pretty bad, oh. like really off balance. Yeah. Uh, and so those things need to be tightened up. So I think you got me one or two fights away from something serious in terms of a, a, a title, sh- title shot, perhaps. You got a name? Uh, brian ortega oh hey that's always a good fight yeah it seems like it doesn't it seem only like- really see that because i only said because i don't think ortega's champ material now okay uh but it would be something to show that is serious and it's a name that he could build off of yeah and you were talking about someone tall and kind of rangy too that fits the build
1: mm-hmm. i was thinking about max holloway Ooh, That'd but, be, that would be a very good test But what's more exciting, a fight against Max Holloway Or a fight against the loser of the interim belt Or of the unification Because
0: Oh, I don't, so if he fights the loser of Volkanovski and Yair Rodriguez Because here's my thing, I mm-hmm. think that
1: Volkanovski, win or lose, vacates this title I think he vacates, goes to lightweight and tries to chase you know, he his moves um, up and, interesting
0: interesting i never thought of that yeah
1: because what's more exciting max versus Topuria or yair versus Topuria? <laughs> both actually man really, but i, for some I reason, don't think I you would, lose
0: either way i know i don't think you lose either way i think i would have to go with yair <laughs> yair is always an exciting fight i think the way Topuria would play yair would he would try to Get year to burn himself out, and then try to turn into the punching yeah. uh, to a punching fight. I think, in that sense, Topuria would have the advantage because yeah, his punching and his boxing isn't that great. Yeah, this it's serviceable, but it's not it's not that great. Whereas we know, I don't think Topuria wants to get into a punching fight with Max Holloway. No. It's gonna be a tough uh, night. It'll be a tough night. So, but I, I, I like those options. I like that option. Yeah. Finding the loser of that. Okay, I like that. Uh, let's move on to the performance of the night awarded to Macy Barber, who fought Amanda Hibas. That was the combing event at Flyweight. And we were talking about Macy Barber the other week. Macy Barber gets a uh, TKO in the second round. Against uh, a tough Amanda Hibes. You know, I I have to remind myself that Amanda Hibes went, uh, moved up in weight. She was a straw weight to take this fight, but she looked like pretty good. Um, She was like confident in there. She didn't shy away from Macy Barber's power, but uh, Macy's high kick um, in the second round started setting things up for Amanda Hibes to kind of like start um, get pounded on. I mean, just started, started cascading badly for her after yeah. that left high kick, and then Macy Barber came there and finished. What did you like What that you saw from this fight, uh, Sean? Well, first off, I'm going to give myself the white
1: belt of the week because I did think that Amanda Hibas was going to be able to stop Macy Barber. I was mm. totally wrong. Uh, it was actually the, the opposite. You know, Amanda Hibas, uh, you know, I, she fancies herself as a Muay Thai fighter and a judo and jujitsu black belt, but it, it scares me because you know, her footwork was really bad this time. I mean, I thought, you know, in her past fights, maybe she just had an off night, but she just has this weird footwork where when Mm. she, you know, like she, maybe she's just not set or maybe she's just not uh, in control of her feet most of the time. But every time Macy Barber was, you know, like kind of walking her down. Amanda Hibas was just kind of jumping everywhere. Chin was a little high for my taste. And uh, Macy Barber was able to kind of put it together, put her strikes together. It's probably the best I've seen her. Uh, I know I was talking about how, you know, her her last four fights she did win, but I, you know, I was thinking, you know, she wasn't going to be able to put it together. This is probably the best performance she's had to date for me. I mean, she did fight someone that's uh, in a weight class under, but, um, you know, a lot of stakes, uh, this is one of the fights where it was on ABC. So, you know, this this is going to catapult her uh, pretty high. And I think, you know, when in the beginning, when she started going on the losing streak and when she was undefeated, uh, you know, she was probably going to get fast tracked anyway. And it was probably going to get really bad if she did end up fighting for the title early on. But I think she might be ready. You know, like, I, I mean, she's not totally ranked yet, but. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe two good fights. Maybe one. Something serious. Maybe Just one good fight. Maybe one where it's a decisive stoppage or if it's like a war, like a two round, two or three round war where, you know, she dominates and gets a stoppage. That to me would warrant uh, a title shot depending
0: on, or, or at least uh, someone in the top three, you know? Hmm. What do you think about Amanda Hebas' repeated use of a headlock takedown? I always thought you don't see that a lot in MMA because if it fails, you've basically given up your back to your opponent. Uh, And once you do take them down, it kind of results in a a scramble. So you have to use more energy just to control them. But she nailed it like two times on Macy Barber. Mm -hmm. Did did you think it was unusual for someone with as much experience as Amanda Hibas to keep using that headlock takedown? You
1: know, Ronda Rousey
0: made a career off doing that stuff. And
1: Mm, uh, again, she had, you know, Amanda Hibas had two successful attempts uh, at that move. And, you know, I think there was maybe one more where, where there was a crazy scramble and she ended up being on the bottom anyway. So, which uh, is the
0: risk? Yeah, the that's the risk. Takedown. So
1: it's like that might be just a judo tendency, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, against Macy Barber, where you know she is coming from alpha male, she had to have seen that coming. So you know, her now, wrestle you, ups were really good.
0: So on one of those failed headlock takedowns, uh, Macy Barber ended up behind her, and then Amanda Hebas. Yeah was trying to be clever and I'm not sure if it was a great smart move, but she ducked, she ducked down to dive for like a knee bar. um, Oh yeah, that's right. And uh, that's where it was kind of the beginning of the end for, or in the first round where she took a lot of uh, damage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I I don't know why, but I immediately thought of you because I was just like, (laughs) Oh, these fucking leg lockers. Uh, (laughs) uh, But I liked the attempt um, because but at the same time, it just felt like she held on too long, and then it put her in a uh, position where she was just underneath Barber, digging for her legs, but she wasn't going to get the leg out, and she yeah. had to take so much damage um, at the end of that first round. And I think has, I just had to think, it affected the way she came out for the second round and made her susceptible to the eventual 100%. stoppage. Yeah. Um, any case, uh, what other fight on this card uh, caught your eye, Sean? Anybody yeah, else you wanted to
1: shout out? You know, that was a nasty uh, eye poke with the Austin Lane and Justin Toffa fight. Yeah. Um, it was unfortunate because I'm, I'm a fan of Justin Toffa, but man, I, I would have yeah. stopped because his fucking whole hand went inside his goddamn. Yeah, it was pretty gross. Sense.
0: And so uh, the fight was Fuck. declared a no contest, thankfully. So uh, hopefully Justin Toffa uh, recovers from that. Yeah, he put something out where it was, you know,
1: he got cleared, nothing, no bacteria, no in, uh, infections or anything like that. So,
0: man, it, oh, man, that was probably the worst I poked a date for me, honestly. Oof. Yeah, i just just not not a big fan of those. Um, in the headlining, the prelims, uh, shout out to Neil Magny versus Phil Rowe. Um, Neil Yo. Magny wins a split decision, you know, Neil Magny. So, you know, a, a worker, the MMA worker, just grinding, being, being on the grind. Um, Being available, doing uh, about the action. So, congratulations to Neil Magny. Yeah, there was also
1: that fight with a David Onama and Gabriel Santos head kick knockout or spinning. Was it
0: with a wheel kick? Yes, wheel kick. Performance of the night uh, award given to David Onama. It was uh, yeah, second round KO. Like spinning. Yeah, it was. (laughs) It was. It was a good spinning hook kick. He was going for
1: a few of them too, right? Like he was going. He was trying
0: to. Yeah yeah and it's kind of interesting sometimes you just fall into something you keep seeing even though you know it's coming you like your body allows you to just get caught with it it's too bad and uh congratulations to you sean you called this one right um the women's strawweight bout tabitha ricci versus Jillian robertson uh three-round decision goes to tabitha ricci
1: yeah
0: the baby shark
1: (laughs) all right yeah oh let me shout out one more fight it was brendan allen versus bruno silva you know brendan Mm. allen uh you know he's i think he was seven and one now i'm not sure what his record is but uh, i watched the the tape on his fight against uh sean strickland who's going to be fighting uh this coming week but brendan allen looking good man like that that transition to the back to the uh, rear naked choke
0: was dirty so dirty yeah so brendan allen defeated bruno silva by uh Submission in the first round. Yeah, dude. All right. So let's jump to last week's PFL. <laughs> uh, and we, you know, we covered a little bit of it yeah. um, earlier in the news section. Uh, it was the Lightweights and the Walter Weights. And I'm going to give myself a blue belt for calling uh, Alvin Mercier versus Romero, correct? Blue belt. But <laughs> yeah, well, I usually don't do that. Usually it's a lot of shut up white belt stuff. But uh, Alvin Mercier. Wins by KO versus Romero. Uh, Is it Sabadou at at Walter Wright? Sabadou Sai wins by KO versus Mitchell. Is it Sabadou Sai or Sabadou C? You know, I've heard people say C, Sai. Okay. So it's preference. I like the way, you know what? If I ever get to speak to Sabadou, I'm going to ask him. Just ask the guy directly. Well, he won by vicious fucking KO. I mean, dude, that that was was too yeah I mean a lot of highlights going on around here okay um, uh, who else we, we talked about um, all the different types uh, we talked about uh, how, what did we call it, it was Schultz versus Mafio yeah. earlier uh, Manfeo uh, any other fights on this card that you wanted to shout out yeah shout out to
1: Clay Collard against Stevie Ray to uh, UFC vets Clay Collard remember he went through the when he got released from the UFC, he went into boxing, had a couple wins mm-hmm. over there, and then went over to uh, uh, PFL. Shout out to him and, sorry, Magomed Mar- uh how do you say that?
0: You, you tell me. <laughs> Magomed. No, but Magomed, I know who you're talking Karimoff. about. God damn it. There you go. There you go. Look at you. You're How many just, Magomeds are on this card? These are the types of card. names. These are the type of names that you're the biggest fan of, Sean. You should be an expert at this already. How about Magomed Omalatov? <laughs> Fuck, God hey. damn it. There you go. Look at you. I'm going to name my Who next son Magomed. Mag- <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Get busy. Get busy. Um, so that was last week's PFL. Also, last week, guys, there was one Friday Fights 22. Lots of Muay Thai. There oh, was a good also card. The, yeah. And there was also the heavyweight MMA World Championship for one championship on that card. And uh Anatoly Malakin wins by uh TKO in 200. round three versus Arjan Bular. Um Anatoly's scary. That dude is scary. Uh, he's he's frightening. Yeah. So I mean just like this is crazy stuff with, with that one. Let me ask and, you something though about yeah. that fight. You know,
1: Bular, I think he's was it like two years? I think he was out for like two years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think there was like some contractual or some visa issues. I forget which one it was, but he did not look good.
0: Yeah. No, no. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. And, uh, and just every time I see Anatoly, I always feel like hey, this guy is just like one punch away from just changing this entire fight. That uh, dude's like so, a ball of muscle. What the fuck? Yeah. It's, 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 I'm jealous. I'm really jealous. (laughs) Uh, Shout out to Bay Area fighter and co-owner of the Resistance Gym, Eddie Abasolo, who went uh, three rounds with Siddichai, Siddichai, in a featherweight Muay Thai action. Uh, I gave two rounds to Siddichai when scoring it, watching at home, but Eddie Abasolo absolutely belongs at that level. Agreed. He showed out really well, not being afraid of exchanging in the elbow range with Sita Chai. i thought it was an interesting choice by Sita Chai to kind of go into the firestorm with eddie Sita Chai in his past fights is typically more patient and uses more of a disruptive type of style yeah uh, but this time this one was an action packed fight so check it out on youtube guys if you can Sita Chai versus eddie Abasolo congratulations to both fighters Dude, that fight was so nuts that like, you know, Sedecai, like you said, he, he starts off a little bit more.
1: Uh, he usually starts off a little bit more calculated, but dude, they were throwing yeah, from, just, the, he from was
0: the bell. From the start, it was yeah. just really surprising. You know?
1: And then how about Eddie Abasolo throwing the uh, patented uh, CSA freaking spinning elbows? Yeah, to, he landed it. a, a few, it. man. You're on the
0: big stage. Why not? Why yeah, not?
1: Right. So does he um, Does then, he continue to fight legends like this or are they going to give like- I think that's you think all you it, have in one. Well, if you think about <laughs> like, it, he has- I think at
0: Featherweight, that's all you got at one. It's all It's all hard fights at Featherweight yeah. and Muay Thai at one. So he's I don't one and there are two think There are no like jobbers at, in one championship in Muay Thai.
1: Yeah, so he's one and two. He did beat- uh, God, what was that kid's name again? He's so
0: He's fucking tall too. I forget his. Name. No, I, yeah, I remember what you're talking about. Yes, but so he, he's one and two. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what their policy is. It's like, I in Muay Thai, it is different than it is in MMA. Muay Thai, a loss doesn't define you as much as does. Yeah. In professional yeah. MMA, uh, you're allowed to basically go out there and get as much experience as possible and put on good fights. Um, just hopefully he doesn't get hurt. But it was it was. I think it was a good performance and. You know, Sitichai has been in the game for a long time, so dropping a decision to that guy is there's no shame in that. Yeah, how about Superlek though, dude? You Superlek looked fucking nuts, dude. So, um, it was it was not a long fight, <laughs> No. <laughs> guys. Uh, Sean is talking about flyweight Muay Thai, Superlek versus Nabil Anani. Um, or I, I, how do I say his name? Nabil Anan. Um. Anyway, it was quick. A KO in round one. It was it wasn't it was it was just it was no fucking contest. Yeah, there was no drama. There was no drama. And in the headline, the main event, interim Strawweight Mu- Muay Thai World Championship, uh Prajan Chai PK Sanchai versus Same. Uh Same lo- uh, loses. Prajan Chai gets the KO in Damn. round two. What do you think that is? is, is it just the is it just the ex- the amount of fights that Same
1: had and maybe it's just catching up to him
0: i think there's that but i think it's also like a lot of these fighters have to make the the adjustment to the small gloves and the entertainment pace yeah of of Not one championship on that and, first, and some yeah. of these yeah and, and some of these other shows that are coming out in thailand where you know the gamblers aren't controlling the first two rounds it's just like hey as soon as the fight starts you gotta go so I think Fuck. there's a, some adjustment that has to be made. And some of them are, some of these uh, old school fighters are just adjusting faster than others. Can I ask you a question about uh, the fact that there are MMA cards
1: on these one Friday fights. So mm-hmm. I, I have heard, this is something I heard from Luke Thomas, but I apparently, um, cause you know, there was this heavyweight fight on, uh, with uh, Arjan Bular and uh, Anatoly Mm -hmm. Malik. And you do, that's a huge fight in in the heavyweight division, right? And a world Mm -hmm. title at that. So apparently the reason why they were put on this card and put on that particular time slot is I guess it was like the best time to have it prime time in their respective countries, which is, you know, fine, whatever. So, so, but here's my thing. I heard from Luke Thomas that apparently at Lumpini they will not allow them to put a cage in there. So they have to fight in the ring. So there's no MMA cage. I think it's like a, Mm. I don't know, maybe a holy thing, or maybe like it's a, it's like a don't touch the house type thing because, you know, how, how legendary Lumpini is, right? Lumpini and Mm. Regimnar. Yeah. So I, I heard, what do you think about that? about them not being able to put a cage
0: in looping shit, man. You're in somebody else's home. You follow the rules. True. <laughs> you know, I if agree. you want to put a cage up, then go put the fight up in a place where they would let you put a cage up. <laughs> yeah. So, um, like, you know, do the MMA portion in Singapore, like you usually do. Um, but do you
1: think that but, MMA is, uh, the cage is very MMA specific, like, cause you know, pride. Used yes, to the because ring. the
0: idea with the cage is that it's not supposed to give a particular art an advantage. Oh, that makes sense. Th- that that was kind of the idea that there were. There's no corners. There's no ropes that you could kind of tangle yourself in and like find a break in the action. So the whole, whole idea with a cage that doesn't have true corners is that you know you you can't get trapped in a corner technically. Yeah, and you have to use the cage in a way that's like its own martial art a yeah. cage fighting against a cage. is it's its own art. That's true. It's a very unique part of mixed martial arts. That's, I mean, just now, just recently, like MMA fighters are starting to specifically train for, and yeah. they're figuring out there are new techniques you have to use and create when you're doing clinching, when you're doing grappling on the Ooh, ground with a footwork. cage up against you. Yeah. Even with footwork too. Like if you think about mm-hmm. it, if you're in a ring,
1: you you kind of have to change up your footwork if you think about it, right? Because the ring yes. is smaller,
0: and then like there's corners and whatnot. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's interesting. Like, um, you know, with these MMA fighters that are doing these shows at Lumpinee, how their preparation has to change based yeah. on that. And how it differs from their preparation for other fights, where they know they're fighting in a cage. So that's a good point. Yeah. Hey, you know, like if any but of any of you guys know what the rules are over at Lumpinee Stadium, and yeah. or if you have any insight, can you hit us up um, at Hopkey One on Instagram, uh, Sean underscore Pierre underscore for Sean on yeah. Instagram. So yeah. let us know what you think about this. Have you heard about this? Because this is the first time I've heard about this. Sean, you yeah. mentioning it? Yeah, and I I also
1: wonder if there's any listeners out there that have fought mma in a ring or uh, or fought mm. you know like any any mma fighters that are used to fighting in the cage but had to fight in the ring on a mm-hmm. local show or like a a mixed show of some sort so yeah that would be very valuable information so thank you guys if you guys
0: could respond us, to that let us know hey let's quickly jump to the fights coming up this weekend yeah. uh ufc fight night at the ufc apex in las vegas headline by a middleweight fight, Sean Strickland versus versus hey, you you say the name Abbas Magomedov. <laughs> Sean Strickland a minus one seventy favorite, uh, Magomedov plus one forty five underdog. Who you got for this one? Ooh. You know, for me, you know Sean Strickland's a dog, man. So I heard
1: this is one he's thing. He's tough, I heard. but do you think he's going to hit the wall soon? The way he fights, maybe because I hear he doesn't do any strength and conditioning. It's all sparring. Is that true?
0: I don't know if that's true, but if that's, if that's true, that you hit your ceiling really fast training that way. That's what I'm saying. Uh, you know,
1: Abbas Magomedov being a Magomedov, even though he's from Germany, um, you know, I really don't know what to expect from this fight. For me, I think Sean Strickland has uh, a little bit more experience with higher level competition, but with Abbas, you just never know with these Magomedovs or these Ovs or these yeah. like...
0: You know, yeah, I just don't know. They have about the same amount of fights. You know, Magomedov has thirty fights. Strickland has thirty-one fights. Yeah. Um, I think like it's it's so new right right now. Like they don't even have a lot of stats on Magomedov's like significant strikes landed and grappling uh so the stats are all fucked up in terms of if you're trying to read it through the numbers but if you're magomedov you i think i think you'd want to try to turn this into a grind out right you know what i'm saying like agree. you're like rest like like cage wrestle him you don't even have to take the take it to the ground just don't get into a punch range fight with sean strickland yeah that's just gonna feed into his his specialty i'm a, I guess. i gonna go with magomedov i'm gonna i'm gonna pull a sean and you know, someone with the name magomedov yeah. i'm gonna go with him on this one i think it's time for sean strickland to go away i mean not go away go away but you know sean best of luck to you but uh, i'm ready for some new blood at middleweight <laughs> me too I, I feel like strickland's relying a lot more on on shit talking to be uh to remain relevant so let's go, Magomedov. Let's go. I'm going to go with Magomedov.
1: Also, you know he he also he's also a fighter that came from the PFL uh, system over there. All so, right. uh, you know, usually it's the other way around where you get cut from the UFC, then you go to uh, to the PFL.
0: But yeah, I'm going to go with Magomedov too. All right, let's go plus 145. So it doesn't pay yeah. off that much, but he's still an underdog. Yeah. Any other fights in this card you wanted to shout out? I know which one I'm shouting out. I know which one I'm shouting. Out. Uh, so there's no, Melissa I know Gatto. I know what I'm shouting out, and I know the reason why I'm shouting out. You don't know the reason I'm shouting it out. What, what are you going to say?
1: I was going to say uh, I'm going to shout out the Melissa Gatto versus Ariane Lipsky. That's going to be a. Uh,
0: That's the one I was going to shout out. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> they're they're fighting at flyweight. I mean, it's a dime piece. Well, why fight are you shouting this one out? Because it's a dime Wait, why piece. Why sha- oh, Unbelievable. And Ariane Lipsky's Instagram. <laughs> well, I mean, not unbelievable, but very believable. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Who you got like, in that one? I though? like Lipsky. I love her her striking style. She's really taken her her, um, her striking skills and adapted it to MMA very well. But just whenever it gets into the grappling, uh, that's when it becomes really yeah. difficult for her. Right. Or whenever her opponent, who maybe doesn't have as such a refined approach to striking, does strike with her. Sometimes those without as much striking experience. When they start um, exchanging blows, they have such a weird rhythm. It's hard for the experienced striker to catch on to them. Yeah. By the time they do, sometimes it's too late, and they've given away points in the fight. But I'm I'm Ariane Lipsky is a plus one forty underdog here. Melissa Gatto is a, a minus one sixty five favorite. Yeah, I get the feeling it's because of uh, the grappling. But I mean, you know. Uh, Melissa Gatto is not like a big time grappler. I mean, her no. takedown accuracy is only at 33%. Um means that Lipsky's like takedown defenses at 73%. Yeah. So, so we'll, we'll see. I think uh, Melissa Gatto does land uh, significant strikes at a 51% clip. Yeah. So I think we're going to see an exciting fight right here.
1: Yeah. I'm going to go with Melissa Gatto though. I think she probably has a little bit more power than Ariana Lipsky. And if I feel like if this does go to the ground, I think we've been blinded by Ariane Lipsky's uh grappling because there's a highlight of her knee barring uh one of the one of one of her opponents
0: over there. But yeah, very fancy knee bar too. I remember yeah, that knee bar. And, but, yeah, it was brutal. You know, I'm gonna go with Melissa Gatto on that one though. All right. How about uh in the headline in the prelims, returning to the UFC, Kevin Lee at Walter Walterweight? Fighting, uh, Renat Fakretdinov. Oh, how do you say this? All <laughs> Renat Fakretdinov. I think I said that right. Okay. I think it's Kevin right, Lee, right. A plus one ninety underdog, right. and Renat is a minus two twenty five favorite. Man, Kevin Lee, they they're not, not welcoming. They're not rolling out the. Yeah, they're not rolling out the red carpet for this guy.
1: <laughs> Dude, I don't know about that one. I mean, Kevin Lee got some wins outside at Eagle FC, which was great. But you're talking about. You're talking about a freaking a dog and we're not fuck and I don't know man. Anytime you gotta, anytime a Russian goes against like an American, you know how I go. <laughs> you know
0: how I any go. Any other dude. any other fights on this card? Do you want to shout out, Sean?
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna get your pick on the Grant Dawson Demir Ismagulov the co-main event. I'm gonna go with Ismagulov mm. uh, just because Grant Dawson. I don't know if he has it in him to fight uh, one of these fucking these well, from Kazakhstan. Kazakhstanies. So, who you got in that fight? I'll take Grant Dawson. Okay. What about the Max Griffin versus Michael Morales? I'm gonna go with uh, Michael Morales. Same here. Uh, okay. Oh, look, Ishmael uh, Bonfim. He was on. He was one of two brothers that made it onto the Dana White's Contender Series when they both actually got contracts. So interesting to see him fight. He's fighting Benoit Saint Denis. Who's also a tough go um, out of France, but you know, I don't know. I feel like he smells bon- a minus two eighty five favorite. Yeah, so I don't know if the, the Bonfim brothers. I mean, they are a little bit undersized for the weight class, but I feel like Benoit Saint Denis is probably going to win this fight.
0: Really, he's a plus two forty underdog. You can put your money down on it, it'll pay it paid off pretty good. I do. I think he's going to pull it off. All right, you guys heard it here first. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and jump to one Friday fights twenty three. Mm-hmm. Happening at at what we were just talking about, Lumpani Boxing Stadium. It's uh it is almost all Muay Thai. Oh, there's like two MMA fights and one kickboxing fight, nice. and everything else is Muay Thai. So hopefully, hopefully these MMA people have been training inside of a ring to get ready for this fight. <laughs> because apparently, I just it's found out Lupini rage. will not let you put up a fucking cage. No. <laughs> any no, fights no, no. on this? Any fights on this card? You wanted to shout out, Sean, that you were that you're looking forward to. Yeah, how about Max Holloway's twin brother, Compet Fairtex over there? Cool. Oh, Compete Fractics, right? Fighting uh, Hu show Long yeah. from China. That's strawweight kickboxing. Kickboxing rules, guys. How about this so one, Make though. sure
1: you note that. How about the uh, Yu Yao Pui versus Marie Rumet? Remember Marie Rumet? Oh, from Estonia, yeah. Yeah, she ended up... Who did she fight? Gosh, she fought somebody and uh, got is, stopped,
0: like, bad. Yeah, this is that Adam Wait Muay Thai. I forgot who she, who did she fight? I, for, I know oh, was who know are talking about. it was Anissa Mexen.
1: It was Anissa Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Anissa who it was. Though. Hey, she actually Adam White, fought Ty.
0: That's right. That's, yeah. what, that's who I was thinking, yeah. <laughs> roomette fought our friend Thai. Yeah. Um, Adam Waite Muay Thai, man, is an exciting division. but the, These fighters do not get tired, and they go at it right from the bell. So... Check that shit out um, And since we're an MMA podcast Arthur just reminding you <laughs> My friend Arthur He says you should talk more BJJ um, <laughs> Heavyweight MMA Lawrence Phillips from the US Fighting uh, Delir Moradian from Iran And bantamweight MMA Chayan Orzak from Mongolia Slash Russia wow. uh, Going against Avli Yohan Hamidov from Uzbekistan Ooh, Good job on So that you one. got You got You um, got Muay Thai action, you got kickboxing action, you got some MMA action this is a good on card. one Friday nights yeah. for one Friday Fights 23. Dude, they're So besides a, shows. Uh, what's up? They're throwing a lot of shows, dude. Holy shit. Hey man, you gotta pay the bills. <laughs> yeah. What do you what you got going on this weekend besides uh uh, watching a bunch of fights here, Sean.
1: Uh, my f- son is uh, on the little giants, so he's you know he's been playing baseball, which is great. So he has a game this weekend. And hey, good uh, luck. Uh, uh,
0: is this weekend? Oh, actually, next weekend is Fourth of July, huh? Well this this weekend is Fourth of July weekend. Yes. So Fourth uh, of July falls on a Tuesday of next week. Yeah. So I know a lot of you shitheads out there Are calling in sick to work tomorrow For the whole week To get a five day weekend out of it So don't leave your coworkers hanging though guys yeah. Take care of your business before you do that shit What are you up to this weekend man? Dude I think I'm just watching fights And doing uh, some doing some chilling um, nice. I don't have any big plans I think this 4th of July weekend thing Kind of just snuck up on me I wasn't really uh, prepared Nice. <laughs> so I gotta figure something to do gotta find some fireworks yeah we gotta fire buy some, them off somewhere we
1: gotta find some illegal chinese fireworks come on guys let's go hit the dms let's
0: <laughs> let us know
1: what's up dude well that's gonna do it for us guys don't forget to hit that subscribe button don't forget to like and share the podcast don't forget to follow us on our social media mine is sean underscore pierre underscore
0: and yours carlo uh you one on
1: instagram don't forget to check out Magala Jiu Jitsu out in San Francisco, Fight Culture in Daily City, Omni Movement in Hercules, and FTCC in Las Vegas.
0: I'm over at Hopkido USA here in San Francisco. We're with Kohalda Brazil Jiu Jitsu and our Golden Pizza Muay Thai team. Also, don't forget to check out our friends at Pacific Ring Sports in Oakland and also yeah. Sama Martial Arts in Pinole. Don't forget to watch
1: those fights, guys. Good amount, good some good action. Always a good fight. Is there any boxing this weekend?
0: Not this weekend, but okay. when, once we get closer to Errol Spence versus uh, oh, Bud Crawford, we we'll do. We should do a little special yeah. uh, boxing section for our little MMA podcast Let's for all do you that. boxing fans out there. So what is that? Fight? Look out for that. That's the end of July.
1: Okay, cool. So we'll be doing that soon. And don't forget to uh, make some money on those fights. Go on DraftKings and use our or uh i was going to say use our code but we're, we're, we don't our, have we're not code. up there yet guys <laughs> <laughs> we're not at just use our at picks. That level please <laughs> and uh, cash apps cash app us some money when you guys want so. <laughs> have a good weekend safe weekend guys i know everyone's going to be drinking cuz it's the goddamn 4th of july weekend have a good peace. weekend guys peace